0: What is up, y'all? You are checking out the Uncensored Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm Ant, and I'm joined by my friend...
1: This is Nick (laughs) with the Heel to Face Podcast.
0: Heel to Face Podcast. My bud, Nick, how are you doing, my man?
1: Not too bad, man. How about you today?
0: Uh, I'm all right. Can't complain. Um, Everyone who is listening, this is our first all elite wrestling recap with our rebrand to the uncensored pro wrestling recap well oh my goodness that's not the name of our fucking show <laughs> the name of our show is the uncensored <laughs> pro wrestling podcast can't even get that right today uh and this is live we're going uncensored right so that's the whole point uh anyway so you are going to hear Many different recaps from different companies, including AEW, Impact Wrestling, and many more to come. We'll talk more about that down the line. But first, you are checking out your AEW Dynamite episode from February 23rd, 2022. Thankfully, I was in attendance for this in Bridgeport. have a lot to talk about. This is a pretty decent show. A lot happened we found out some more possible matches for revolution more contenders for the face the revolution ladder match and yeah so let's get right into it so the night starts off with the um i think it was a 10 team tag and i was a little so i was first time being there and what I liked about the show to begin with was before anything happened, Tony Khan came out and he thanked us all for being there and was just very energetic. I also noticed, and this is just because I've been going to these wrestling shows for since I was little. I know Nick, you have too. Back in mm-hmm. WWE when I was little, before the shows, they would put on music to get you pumped up, like all kinds yeah. of random music. They don't do that anymore in WWE. They just have you wait. Well, AEW sure does, and we were getting down. They were playing rock music. just all Oh, right. yeah, man. Hell, yeah. That's so, what they were doing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You go ahead. Go ahead. That's what they were
1: doing at the uh, Chicago show. I was I was really enjoying it, man. They really yeah. know how to get you hyped up. And Tony Khan came out, too, and he really has a way to make you feel like you're connected with the company and what's going to happen that night, and you feel like you're all in one big family just yeah. for one big night, and it's great.
0: He was screaming, let's go. Like, oh yeah he gets he gets excited oh no. i was like this poor guy's gonna like fucking lose his voice uh right um, but
1: how are you not gonna get excited when the man putting on the show is that excited you kind of oh, feel like yeah. you gotta put a little bit in there oh yeah that. you
0: want to fucking jump up and like, like you know lose your fucking mind
1: yeah uh,
0: so i guess what i'll say now is throughout the recap i'll will i'll give you sort of my first hand experience with this I was sitting, so the hard camera is basically where they film. So the hard camera was sort of on the left to me. So where I was sitting, their backs weren't directly to me, but they're like it kind of was. So when they they were facing the side of the ring to look at the camera, so I couldn't really see certain things. Mm-hmm. One thing I didn't like about this thing was with the opening of the 10 man tag or not 10 man tag. It was a 10. Yeah. The battle Royal, um, was the, that they didn't have the, the entrances for the specific teams. They all just came out together. Oh, really? Yeah. Like they all didn't get their own entrance. They all just came out together. And I was saying to myself, I'm like, think about the pops that the young bucks who have probably haven't really fought in Connecticut in years would get, you know? Um, but they just had them all walk down to the ring, and uh, that was really it. You see, on
1: TV, when the show started, they were just all in the ring. So I had figured, you
0: know, they all got their entrances for the, nope. for the, for the crowd there in the show. <laughs> I was so mad because I was thinking that, too. I'm like, they're probably not going to show everybody's entrances on TV, but they'll probably, you know. You are. Also, what I didn't like, too, and this is another little behind-the-scenes type thing going there. I didn't like, so the commentators are by the stage, and I didn't like how they didn't have an entrance for the commentators either. The only person that got an interest is Jim Ross. When you have yeah. guys like Taz, The Big Show, or Paul White, Mark Henry, you can do entrances for those guys. All there, all just I was like, and over there we have Taz, and you already can't see Taz as it is, and you just aren't supposed to see the hand. Um, and so right. I, I felt like they could have done a bit more entrances with that, because, you know, those are big names, like Paul White, Mark Henry, Taz, you know, Jim Ross is a big deal, because he's a commentator, but to be quite honest with you, Jim Ross is a fucking asshole, from what I've heard backstage, and I'd rather have, like, not for nothing, I've heard that uh, Jim Ross makes comments to wrestlers who put on weight, and it's like, buddy, have you fucking looked in the mirror? (laughs) Like I understand, you're not a professional athlete, but fucking uh, maybe hire someone who looks the part to be telling people what to do. Yeah, anyway. and I've
1: always, I've always been a big Jim Ross fan, but I do think, and even now, I think he's kind of a step behind because he's forgetting names. Oh, and he's, he's, he's getting he's getting rough.
0: Terrible. He listen. He is Jim Ross. Like you, to know him, you have to love him. He's a lovable, funny person and is it yeah you know,
1: and in those big moments man he does make them a little bit yeah. better you know
0: but it's just now it's almost like kind of like Michael Cole. You have the two grandpas. Like all right great can we can we get some can new- we move on? this is AEW we're talking about but fucking Michael Cole man, I saw him on Smackdown and all he has is gray hair. It's like buddy die your hair at least you look like <laughs> other time. Um, yeah. so yeah so I didn't like how The wrestler, the team, the teams didn't get entrances. Some of the notes that I have about this match, we were all really against the gun club. We kept calling them assholes. uh, And we, that was great for the gun Clubs to interact with that and sort of, you know, play along into that. Um,
1: yeah, I, they've been kind of doing that for a while on uh, Dark, you know, with the ass yeah. boys thing. And yeah,
0: we, boys. and we were going assholes, and I thought I was ass boys too. And so I was like, oh, like, okay, I'll just go along assholes, let's go.
1: <laughs> Either um,
0: one, kind of, honestly works. <laughs> right. So um, that was cool. I was confused because what I didn't realize with AEW Battle Royals was I thought that once one member of the team gets eliminated, that whole team is gone. No. But no, there's still the other member left to fight. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. But the only takeaway is, well, uh, I go back and forth because I kind of like it because, yes, survival, whatever. But then the only other thing is normally they wouldn't be in this type of situation because they would just be, well, then I guess i mean. Dude, I don't know. I I'm just gonna roll. Well,
1: and it. you know what else is fucking weird too? Because uh, like they're gonna do another battle royal this Wednesday, with the same teams in it. I think.
0: Yeah, casino battle royal, and we'll have probably. Like, so what ride.
1: was the point? Uh, yeah, maybe they should have done the one member from each team do it this one, and then have the other member from each team do that one. Mm. I don't know. I I can see what where you're coming from though, but also I I like it because if one person of on the team gets eliminated and the other person is just kinda beating some guy up, why should he have to leave too?
0: True. Yeah, that's true. I just think for me I was just a little confused because I was like also too, what I something I did what I noticed too was they were very focused on the camera, which I know they have to but i feel like but i feel like because i wasn't in that area we weren't getting much attention you know what i'm saying like if you were yeah i like sitting where the hard camera is because you see them you see their faces you see what they're doing you see so for me it was like when like santana did the funny little thing behind um I don't know yeah it's right. all
1: for the hard cam all the time. I see what you're saying.
0: We saw that, and it was cool, but like even like for example, there was a dark episode before us, and Lance White fought, and the end like we're chanting for him, but his face is in that like camera on the a turnbuckle, and mm-hmm. we're like hi, we're here too, you know that was the right that I felt was a little but it was just a little disconnect because I understand they need to record for the show but i did notice with wwe is they i felt they do a bit more of playing to the audience too i felt
1: yes i can see that in
0: the (laughs) promos aew does really good playing to the audience but i think during the matches they're just like watch what we do they're not so much like feeding off of us i feel like some of them um Mm -hmm. but anyways but uh, the end came, and it came down to I think it was Kyle O'Reilly, and uh, which Young Buck was left? I think was it. Matt? It was
1: it was Matt Jackson, Kyle O'Reilly, John Silver, and Dax Hardwood.
0: Yep, and then Young
1: Bucks, Red Dragon, Dark Order, and uh, FTR.
0: By the way, poor Dax Hardwood. He also went on a Renee Paquette's.
1: I had heard. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He went through a lot with bulimia. And uh, all kinds of different things. So watch that on YouTube. But I I was re- I like FTR's theme song. And I was really excited to get into it. That was another one I was mad. I was gonna like jam out and I couldn't. But uh, I was sad to see this FTR didn't make it to the end. My dream ending teams, just because I'm basic, would have been FTR and Red Dragon. Um, yeah. But I understand they want to push the Young Bucks and Red Dragon feud, so I get that. So basically, uh, they toss out Dax Harwood, and then Kyle and Matt pretend to work together. They seem to work together. Uh, They get rid of, I think they get rid of Silver, and then that's when Kyle eliminates Matt. Uh, and then the red dragon at the win. I'm correct, right, Nick? Because <laughs> yeah, I, well, yeah,
1: yeah. So, what happened was, I'm gonna,
0: yeah, real totally. quick. First, Go ahead. So, Go ahead.
1: W- what I think is, I feel like FTR is still doing that thing with the Briscoes at some point because at final battle for Ring of Honor, FTR came out and surprised the Briscoes with, a, with, with an attack. So, we've been waiting for this match since December, okay. So now they're hyping up for Ring of Honor Supercard in April that, they're, that the Briscoes are facing a questionable tag team. That's WrestleMania weekend. I feel like FTR is not doing anything right now in AEW just because they're going to be involved with that possibly. Okay. So I think, the like you said, I, their main focus is going to be Jackson and the Young Bucks and Red Dragon. Yep. And you, you were correct. Uh, O'Reilly – Betrayed Jackson because Jackson was like, Oh, help me, I can't get him up, you know. Or Kyle O'Reilly was like, Help, I can't get him eliminated on my own. And Jackson went to help him, and I have O'Reilly just toss them both
0: out. Yeah, yeah. So, my question for you is Do you think Red Dragon was the right team to win the Battle Royal? Yeah, yeah,
1: honestly, because. Like I said, I think FCR's got other prior engagements. Um, the best friends aren't really doing much. The only other team I think could have really benefited from this was Santana and Ortiz. Okay. okay. Because they, they beat Jericho last week in their tag match against him and Hager. And the announcers were really like, they got the win over Jericho. They're, they can establish themselves on their own now. And then they just lose the Battle Royal this week. kind of feels like that falls flat. I feel like you could have done Red Dragon and the Young Bucks storyline without them having to win or be the last in, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, But I think Red Dragon's a good choice because, like, I want to see them face the Young Bucks eventually for the titles. and he, I'm not huge on Jurassic Express being the tag title, being the tag champs right now either. So I feel like we need to get the belts off them, maybe on the Red Dragon or the Young Bucks again.
0: Mm. I like uh, Jungle Boy's theme song, but aside from that, uh,
1: yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, and I but, think he's a little overrated,
0: personally. Yeah, he's he, I, I have to really pay more attention to him, I guess, but um, after the match, the um, young bucks start to argue with Red Dragon, uh, but before things take off, AEW champion Kenny Omega... Come now. Oh my god, where the fuck? <laughs> I've the five, like six. Months. Hey,
1: it's okay, man, because honestly, Hangman Page doesn't feel like the world champion oh right my now.
0: God. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god, well, that just shows you what I think of Hangman Adam Page. Um, well,
1: yeah, and honestly, you're not the only one, man, because I feel like he's kind of lost steam going into this year with this feud with Omega that they went into, and I feel like. They should have changed it. Something should have changed. And Tony Khan just said, this was the plan two years ago, so I'm sticking to it.
0: Yeah, it's... it's, Yeah. Uh, That guy, (laughs) Adam Page, comes out to the ring. uh, And he attacks Red Dragon. uh, And then Adam Cole runs in and tries to super kick him, but uh, Page grabs (laughs) Adam Cole's foot. And uh, he goes to do the Buckshot Lariat, but Red Dragon pulls um, Cole, Cole out, out and then John Silver nails like a cannonball to Red Dragon and Adam Cole outside. And then Adam, Adam Page says he was ready for story time with Adam Page, baby, and then he sits down. And he talks about Adam Cole's career in 2008. He called him a smug, overconfident little prick. He says Adam Cole became a world champion everywhere he went, but he, as he could see the writing of the wall and his world crumbling around him, Adam Cole clambered back to AEW so he could become AEW world champion. But he says, I mean, and this promo was kind of cringy. He says, uh, Adam Cole is getting himself closer to a six foot grave, one that the better Adam will put him in at Revolution. He says, the whole world will hear one sound, Cole's body hitting the dirt from a freshly cocked buckshot lariat. That sound is boom. for world champion. This promo didn't really live up to anything. Yeah, man. I was like, what is he talking about? (laughs) This is going to be a good match, but the build up to it is not good at all. Very uh,
1: lackluster, man. And like I had said
0: before we started recording, does anybody really believe Adam Cole's beating Adam Page for the world title? No. And but but also the other problem too is I hate when they say, okay, it's time for story time and they don't deliver. It's like why <laughs> are you doing that? Like you're like even Cody Rhodes, All I'm gonna say is something that has never been said before. It's like you didn't say anything. Like these <laughs> people are supposed to be dropping bombs. It's like what bomb was there? Uh, right. But I mean I I get he wants to you know, play on the fact that both of their names are Adam, but there has to be some sort of other un- underlying issue. I know Cole tries to attack from behind a lot, but that can't be the only real reason why Adam Page is angry at Cole. There has to be a better lead up to it in my right. Opinion.
1: Well, and like when Adam Cole first came in, uh, on bte i don't know if you watch it or not being the elite on youtube uh like he came in asking about hangman page and where's page and where's hangman and we want to reconcile and stuff and like you could have been building that this whole time no and it just seems like they're mad at each other for no reason but adam cole isn't that mad at a page of a page is ticked off at cole yeah. for what for yeah.
0: why yeah and that's normally shit that WWE does. You're always left wondering, like, uh, why are these two fighting? I think, I think you know, and that's another... That's one of the problems I will say at AEW that I, that I do have is a lot of this type of stuff happens on YouTube and then it's not talked about on the mm-hmm. show. So there's all these things that are going on that are, like, really popular. Like, Dan Housen is hysterical. Um, he was seen, like, once on TV and then that's it, really. But then they have... Mm-hmm they have clips of him on the before the not whatever it is before dynamite whatever his type of show thing they have mm-hmm. and it's just like unless you watch that stuff you're not going to know about some of these characters and the people and that's hard if you want them to become stars if they're only known on youtube absolutely and like for me i do watch all the stuff on youtube yep.
1: but even then, some of that stuff, I'm like, why is this happening on YouTube
0: alone? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I could totally understand your point, but um, I do think they need to add something to the rivalry. Do something so that it doesn't like Adam Page is just mad to be mad. There's really no reason for him. Yeah, it,
1: it seems kind of pointless. And like I said, man, even with Lance Archer versus Page a few weeks ago. He was kicking the hell out of Page for weeks before that match. I actually kind of thought maybe Page could lose the title.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, maybe not 100%, but the way he was beaten and beaten down towards the match made him look strong. Yeah. Adam Cole beating a couple members of Dark Order that mean nothing and beating jobbers and not beating top talent like Orange Cassidy, per se. Yeah, doesn't make him look as strong either. I think they're pulling the trigger, pun intended, on this way too early. A mm, hundred percent, a hundred. Just because they don't have anybody else for Page to face, that's not, any, that's not our fault that you're just rushing this storyline.
0: Yeah, it, it does seem very rushed. Um, I, I was surprised that they even having the issue of them fight this early on because, like we both said, there was really no issue.
1: Yeah, uh, and, like, they did a two-year damn storyline with Paige and Omega that was such a thinly-veiled line after a year and a half. There was almost no correlation between them just because Dark Order was there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it,
1: I don't know. It, it feels, like we've said a hundred times already, it feels kind of pointless.
0: And that's their main event. So, but I, there, it, nonetheless, it will be a good match. Um, moving on, MJF comes down to the ring. Uh, this was a little hard to um take in and i'll tell now, you why wow. yeah go ahead um so from where i was sitting it was hard to see it wasn't hard to see but we'll let me just we'll get there in a minute so mjf comes out we're all chanting for cm punk on camera he looks upset but from my vantage point you couldn't see his face because the camera was in his face slowing him down so we didn't I at least I didn't see him looking upset coming down to the ring. The camera did show him like when I watched it on TV later and saw him like look very serious. Um I didn't know that when he came down cuz we just saw the camera in his face and him just walking. Um Yeah. He says that you know he gets it's easy to boo him and champ for CM Punk, but he wants us to hear his story. Um, It's easy for us to assume that MJF was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. The truth is, the only reason MJF got out of bed every morning was because of his love for pro wrestling. Uh, MJF says that the day he met CM Punk meant everything to him, it wasn't just another Friday for MJF. He talks about 2007. He mentions that he had severe learning disabilities like ADD, but he was really good at football. Uh, and he says he was one of two Jewish kids who tried out for the school football team. And MGF felt like he fit in because the coach started him at middle linebacker. However, one day, the teammates, they held rolls of quarters in their hands. They threw the quarters as hard as possible at MGF, yelling at him to pick up the quarters.
1: Why would they throw quarters if they're in a roll of quarters? They're just individually unwrapping all these quarters and throwing them individually in at it.
0: That was I thought I, like when I. I feel like go if ahead.
1: they were to use them, wouldn't they use them in like their knuckles, like a normal person? <laughs> what I was
0: saying, or they were gonna like maybe like put them in like a
1: sock and like
0: hit. Them.
1: <laughs> yeah, they just individually threw quarters at you, yelling "Jew boy!" I don't know. I, I don't know. I I didn't really believe it when he was so saying. Then-
0: it. He goes home to cry, but he stopped when he realized that it was Friday and it was time for him to meet his hero, CM Punk. Uh, it was a day that meant the How whole world to you? him, um, which en- led MJF to promise himself that one day he's going to be just like CM Punk and be the best in the world. Fast forward to December 2013, he's gotten stronger, faster, a bunch of football scholarships. Uh, But that didn't matter. He was determined to become just like CM Punk. He was studying tapes until his eyes bled and practicing promos ought to be just like CM Punk. And then this is a direct quote. He says January 2014, you January 2014, you leave me when I needed you most when I believed in you, you left me, you left all of us. MGF says that when he realized if Punk couldn't do it, why could some dumb five-foot-nothing, 88-riddle Jew boy? So he buried it. I think he was drink. playing the Jew boy card a little much here. Yeah, and and it's awkward because you know the history and the extermination of the Jews. So it's like when that's being in a promo, Whoa. you're, you're kind of like, uh, what do you – do you, you know? Because you don't. Yeah,
1: and my big thing here was like, why are we giving him anything to be sympathetic about?
0: And we'll we'll get there because I have a question about that. So then, okay. so then he says um, he went to college like a good little boy. Instead, he buried his dreams deep down until one day he saw a picture of CM Punk shaking hands with Brian Danielson. This is where it gets a little murky and weird. Great
1: photo though.
0: He goes, MGF says, seeing this image made me upset, which led MGF to promise that he was going to become the best in the world in spite of CM Punk. He made a promise that whatever outcast a kid at school was getting bullied, he would not leave them high and dry like that gutless coward Punk. He then mentions the wrestling classic as a source of his, um, you know, to deal with the stress and everything he was going through to help him. MJF says that no matter how much Punk makes him bleed at Revolution, he's not going to quit like Punk did because his name is Max, Maxwell Jacob Friedman and he's better than you and you know it. Um. So CM Punk then walks down to the ring. Now, again, from my vantage point, we don't see nothing. So all yeah, we I are about seeing to say. is fucking CM Punk and MJF just looking at each other. And I'm like... Are they going to say anything? Are they going to fight again? The cameras are not, they're just focusing to the cameras.
1: So time. I didn't yeah. see
0: Sam Punk say to him, is it true? I had to wait till I saw it on TV. Because when mm-hmm. we were there, we were
1: kind of left sitting there.
0: Yeah, and so I'm like, so it wasn't as, we were just kind of like, well, what does this mean? You know, and then- also- how, is
1: the, how did the rest of the crowd react?
0: Well, we all were chanting for CM Punk, and Tony Schiavone made a comment, too. He was like, well, these fans are booing him, but we feel so very – they're trying to make us feel sorry for MJF, but in the in the arena, we didn't know what we were supposed to feel because we didn't see CM Punk look confused and say, is this how you really feel? So right. we're just left thinking like, oh, CM Punk came out here and is calling MJF bullshit, and that's it. But no, he came out and he asked MJF, is this true? And then MJF um, just walks off with a single tear. So honestly, we I, just, I
1: think the whole time he was cutting that promo, he was looking into the camera a little too much.
0: Uh, and then the one thing that I didn't understand was what got him upset about seeing the picture of CM Punk and Bryan Danielson. That's what I didn't understand. Why was he upset with that?
1: Because that's an old picture. From the, and I don't know which one he's talking about. Is it the one from them in Ring of Honor from 2003? No, it's the one. Why would that one affect him?
0: No, I think I could be wrong, but I thought it was the one from, like, 2014 or something. It was I thought it was, like, a more recent one, which oh, I okay. feel there's still no bearing as to why he's upset about Right.
1: That well, he's upset because he left, even though CM Punk has said multiple times he was in his worst state of being. When he was there and around the time he left and that if he wouldn't have left, he felt like he would have died because he was so injured or mentally exhausted. So and then he when he came back, he apologized for everything he did. And he said, if anything I did affected you in person, I apologize. I don't know what else MJF could want from him at this point.
0: Yeah. Well, I think maybe they're gonna play into that a little bit of well, CM Punk went through his own sort of depression. CM Punk might, you know, feel sorry. But my question is, is this pro- is this promo by MJF supposed to make us think he's turning babyface, or is this all just a fucking ruse to a- get into CM Punk's head and-, and get the better of him?
1: That's my thing. That's that's my thing. Like I, I don't know, man. I, when this was first happening. I- I looked over at my wife, and I'm like, why are they giving him anything to be sympathetic about? He's the top heel in your company right now. Why would you give him anything for us to be like, oh, he's turning. He's going to be a good guy. Let's start booing CM Punk. And that was kind of the story that they were trying to – it seems like they were trying to tell on TV, like you said.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: And was, I, but, you guys were booing because you guys didn't know what the hell was going on.
0: <laughs> it was just, but not only that, but like you said, he's been a heel. You know, a heel doesn't come out one week. It's like, I'm just going to start to be honest with you guys about how I feel. That, well,
1: and honestly, exactly. And I, I know, I know that like really bad guys have really sad shit happen to them. You know, it's like any villain. You know what I mean? A lot of people have had villain kind of storylines. Yeah. Like Joker was fell into a vat of acid or, you know, whatever. Bad stuff happens. Yeah. But just because bad stuff happens to you doesn't give you a reason to be a jerk to everybody else. And just because you said you were going to yeah. help kids in high school doesn't mean you did. Because every time we've seen you in wrestling, you've been an absolute ass.
0: And, and that's that's the other issue, too, is that this whole, like, wanting sympathy from the fans is a complete departure from his whole entire gimmick. His whole, give yeah. it, I am better than you and you know it. Why would he want our sympathy? He doesn't like us. He's better. He thinks he's better than us. Why do you want <laughs> us to feel bad for you? He wouldn't. NJF yeah. doesn't like, a lot of people compare him to The Miz and they're, they're, it seems like they're friends and they have a good relationship outside of the ring, but you're never going to see The Miz be like, oh. I, 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 you know, like, and so that's the only only thing. Unless
1: he's baby face.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. But we don't know what he, right now, he hasn't been that. The past two weeks, he's been coming out being carried. He's, you know, and and now.
1: Yeah, he was on a fucking throne a week and a half ago.
0: And now it's, I'm sad I was a Jew boy getting quarters thrown at me i'm going to have a single tier go down my i honestly think this is just a ruse to
1: get Absolutely. cm
0: punk I, I think because if if but they my... really... go ahead
1: no i was just going to say like like you said i, I don't know why they would even do this to what to drop cm punk's guard down so we could get beat again i don't think that's the best option yeah
0: yeah and i feel like cm punk also what i didn't like about it was I felt like they could have utilized him a bit more, especially being in Connecticut. You know, I thought it would have been a big fu to WWE, to have CM Punk come out and, like, do, you know, not, like, do anything big, but just, like, you know, like, I'm not going to work for you, but I'll come to Connecticut, you know? Um, right. But, you know, he didn't have a microphone. You couldn't see his lips moving when he's talking to MJF, so you were just very confused as to well, this is all we're getting from him, him coming out and looking at MJF. And then he leaves and uh, he didn't know which like way to leave. So he got confused and then he went the right way, but that was (sighs) literally it. And then we were just like, Oh, okay bye cm punk it was good to see you and i kind of felt bad because there's a lot of people in the audience with cm punk shirts i'm saying to myself like even austin like austin would come out for maybe like two minutes but like at least he talked to you at least he was doing something like giving stunners to people you know yeah uh but you know i get this is their, their their development so we'll have to wait and see what happens next um Up next, we have the tag match, the Kings of the Black Throne, Malachi Black and Brody King taking on the Bastard Pack and Penta. Is this what was it? Oscuro? I don't know how to pronounce it. Oscuro. Oscuro. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you about this entrance. Okay. It was hard to see what was happening. Um, Fucking, the manager looked like he was just wearing a cape and he had this weird... He had the, the fucking, um, the, what's, what's that fucking, the shovel. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what it was. He had the shovel. Um, it, he looked kind of like Dracula to me, to be honest. The uh, manager, it was, it was odd. Um, Also, you know how he wrote, the, the part of him rising up was kind of cool. But the tombstone, literally, like after he made his entrance, you just saw, so I thought it was heavy. Somebody just picked it up like it was nothing and walked to the back. so you're just like oh so that sort of ruins the mystique of that a little bit Um, but again it was all for the cameras so it was hard to see certain things because here's Penta and you can see Penta but right in front of Penta is the fucking dude wearing all black to say the camera guy and you can't see (laughs) Yeah, and so it's like you're like okay well you know I could watch this at home but um, but I did like seeing uh, House of Black. It was a good match. A lot of stuff was happening. Penta ended up getting the victory after a roll up on. I think it was was it Malachi that he pinned. Yes. Okay, and so then after the match, uh, they get pissed and Brody attacks Pac and Penta, uh, and then Malachi he drinks water. So during the match, and again we didn't see this part either. During the match, I guess Malachi is getting ready to get the mist, but then someone kicks him and then he swallows it. So what we're seeing is him like freak out and like needing a drink. And we're like, what happened? (laughs) We're Just like, wait, is he okay? Like we were so confused. Like we thought me and the buddy that was sitting next to me, we were like, oh, he's getting ready to get the mist because he took a drink. So we're thinking that in the water was the mist, but no, I guess he already drank the mist and he got hit. And so he drinks the water um, and he prepares to, um he pushes the manager. he grabs a shovel and he puts the shovel on penta's neck the lights go out and buddy matthews is in the ring and the fans you know we all go crazy malachi looks nervous buddy stares down malachi for a bit but then he goes right after pac and penta um, they all beat up. Well, Brody King beat the shit out of security, and that, that was cool. Oh was my big, God,
1: Brody King is a massive man.
0: He fucking beat the shit out of them. Um, and then Malachi Black orders Matthews to finish Penta off, and that's what he does. Buddy ends up stomping Penta's head into the chair, and uh, House of Black goes away. So, first, what did you think of the match? And my question is what are your thoughts on Buddy joining the House of Black?
1: So, a couple things here. At home, the only thing different about Penta Oscuro was his entrance. Yeah. He had nothing different about him in the match. He did yeah. all the same stuff. I think yeah. him just covering Malachi's mouth and then p- pinning him with a roll-up is the dumbest thing you could do. I get you don't want to pin and bury – not bury, but pin and beat a uh, debuting character, I should say. Yeah. But I don't think Black should be eating just meaningless pinfalls in these tag team matches that don't really mean anything, serving to a larger story at some point in the future. Yep. I think, if anything, maybe Buddy could have just gotten involved. AEW doesn't really do many DQs. Why couldn't Buddy just get involved in the match and do this in the middle of the match and then just attack Penta and then get DQ'd? We can do that match at
0: Revolution. That would be interesting if they did that. Yeah, no, they. I agree with you. Like, from my vantage point there, I, there was no difference. He was just the entrance, and that was it. And, again, the, the whole mystique was blown when you see the the tech crew guy just come and lift up the fucking tombstone like it's made of plastic. Like, literally, I thought it was going to need two people. He straight up just picked it up and left. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but what do you think of Buddy joining House of Black?
1: Oh, uh, I, I think it's a good choice because um, I think I think there's a larger story at play here with Buddy and Malachi, and I think they're going to use their feud in WWE as well, just like uh, who they do it with recently, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. They didn't really yeah. say it, but they, they referenced it, and they could do that here with Buddy and Malachi, and I think, you know, Buddy's a good disciple, you know, he, he did it with Seth Rollins for a while. I think he can do the bidding for Malachi for a while, but I think eventually he's going to get tired of doing all this bidding for these two guys. And I, I feel like there's going to be a big blow-off match. But for now, this is a great way to get Buddy introduced to a lot of the AEW crowd, and I think it'll be a good way to keep him on TV and keep him re- relevant until they want to do something with him. Mm. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, i think he is the best kept secret honestly he's one of the best wrestlers i've seen in a oh, buddy, yeah. I literally bought the new japan battle in the valley pay-per-view just because he was facing kazuchika okada
0: yeah buddy matthews is a good wrestler 100 i'm excited to see like if he brings that stuff that he does there to aew which i'm sure he absolutely needs. all right we're gonna do one more segment and we're gonna take a quick break uh, this was probably the moment of the night for me. Eddie Kingston comes down to the ring. He's going to have his face-to-face um, encounter with Chris Jericho. There's four security guards standing in the ring. Again, the mystique was broken for me because there was a ring attendant and he was literally, like, telling them how to stand. Like were, Really? Yeah, they were in position and the guy was like, Ta- like so they were standing like a little bit away from the rope and he was like like hitting the mat to get their attention. They turned around and he was like signaling like moving, telling them like move over here, move up and I'm just like, what the fuck? like know what you're doing before you're in front of the people, man. <laughs> right. I mean like 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 we don't see it, but okay, so the security's there. That's why it was funny with Eddie Kingston making fun of them because it's just like, yeah, they're a fucking joke. They're being told how to stand. Um, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So then Chris Jericho comes down, and of course, we all were singing Judas. Uh, and oh, how was that?
1: Did you that enjoy that? Fun.
0: That was fun. We all went hard. It was fun. He was smiling Chris Jericho too, which I always love when he fucking smiles because you can tell he's like, yeah, they like my song.
1: Oh, yeah. And he just feeds his ego. Oh, yeah. He and
0: smiles him. a shout of it, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So Eddie Kingston says, okay, we done now. Are we done massaging your ego with that song? Are we?" Done yeah, now? like literally what I just fucking said. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, he asked Chris, what's the deal with security? And Jericho says "The security is there to ensure that he and Eddie talk like men and not settle things like common street thugs. And Eddie's wow. Eddie says he has no idea why they're doing this. He's no sports entertainer. He just wants to fight. But since Eddie knows Jericho won't fight him now, Eddie has asked for Tony Khan to send for Chris Statlander for Willow Nightingale, so we'll have women wrestling instead.
1: I mean, I'd be for that.
0: (laughs) Eddie Eddie says he and Jericho can fight or Chris can go down the road so he can be in a sports entertainment company which obviously is a reference to WWE and we were all like "Ooh!" like we all were playing into that uh Chris says that if they were indeed just down the road from that they are indeed down the road from Stanford so maybe he will give Eddie a bit of sports entertainment except they'll be actually entertaining <laughs> oh right uh Jericho says he'll tell everyone a story about Eddie Kingston Jericho says that while everyone was excited that Eddie was coming to AEW, Jericho didn't share that same excitement because he thought people were talking about Eddie Edwards. He didn't know Eddie Kingston, and once he saw Eddie, he thought he was a jobber. Jericho says he saw Eddie's match against what's-his-name, Cody Rhodes. Yeah, I
1: thought that was interesting.
0: Yep, and he met Cody Rhodes there. And he says that he heard his promo. That's when Jericho realized. That's when he knew Eddie it takes to be a star in AEW, and that people would love him as a baby face. And Jericho was right about that. That's what Chris says, and then he goes, "What's a baby face?" Um, <laughs> talks about how it's a I feel good. That was t- funny. Yeah, Jericho says it was a feel good story of busting his ass in the Indies, overcoming physical and mental issues to finally sign a contract with AEW, making it to the big time at the age of 38 years old. <laughs> Which everyone's like, "Oh shit." Jericho says that he didn't give two shits about Eddie's sob story. That's because he thats because he realized that Eddie was jealous of Chris Jericho. Jericho talks about how he made it to the show at age 22, and by the time he reached Eddie's age, he was a big-time star in wrestling. Well, here's what Eddie has to say. Quote, well, first off, Christopher, you talk about this main event stuff. You want a cookie for that? Guess who doesn't care? And he says he... The reason that Jericho was able to achieve so much was that he wasn't there, meaning Eddie wasn't there to fight Jericho. Eddie says that he's a different sort of cat, not a carny, and he does things his way, and that he'll be himself until he dies. He says he doesn't want to talk to Jericho because he's sucking the blood out of him, and that is his, and that uh, his blood doesn't pump Kool Aid. Uh, and basically, long and short of it, Eddie wants to fight Chris Jericho at Revolution. And Jericho asks Eddie if he's heard of Achievophobia. And Kingston goes, no, I got a GED. (laughs) And so then Jericho says it means the fear of success. And that fits Eddie to a T. Jericho claims that Eddie is terrified of making it to the top like he has because he'd fall off once he got to the top instantly. He talks about Eddie's family history, mentioning that his uncle, father, Eddie himself are all failures. Jericho says that Eddie's problem is that he can't win the big one. And that Jericho is the big one of AEW. He accepts Kingston's challenge of revolution, saying that if Eddie wins, he'll look Eddie in the eye and shake his hand. Because that's the sign that Eddie has gone over his ultimate fear of success. Eddie laughs and says he doesn't want the mimosa Jericho, the Jericho got put off, pushed off the cage by MJF. He wants the one who is AEW's first world champion. The Jericho who blood who blood buckets in Tennessee. The one who got respect from Jiro Tenru over the war over at WAR. The one that turned WW upside down. The Jericho that his close friend Levesque is nervous of because if he doesn't, Eddie will eat Jericho alive. Jericho says uh, Kingston is nothing more but a loser who will never win the big one, and he'll prove that to everyone at Revolution. So, wow, that's a mouthful. A lot there to unpack. Yeah. But basically, these two are just on a collision course, both attacking each other drawing low blows. One of them is going to be better than the other. Whose side are you on? Are you more rooting for Chris Jericho or Eddie Kingston?
1: I'm all for Eddie Kingston, man. I think – I think he's growing to be one of the bigger stars in AEW. I remember when he came back a couple weeks ago; he got quite the big pop. Yeah. Um, and did he get an entrance or anything for you guys there live? Yeah, he did. He got an entrance. We went hard. And well, did it get a good reaction to their Oh team? yeah, we
0: went. Oh yeah.
1: It, <clears throat> well, yeah, that's good. Like, so yeah, I think, I think he needs to beat Chris Jericho, um, at Revolution. Like not easy, but I think. <clears throat> I don't know. I think uh, Chris Jericho should be on the way out. I'm getting very tired of his stuff. Mm. And it seems like he's just latching on to the most popular person at that time. Look back and see like MJF, even now, Eddie Kingston, Darby Allen, all of them at the time. So I think Kingston should win. I don't know. I feel like for some reason they're going to do multiple matches. I feel like this isn't going to just be a one-match thing. Yeah. But we'll see. I'm, I'm on Eddie Kingston's side, though, for sure, because Chris Jericho likes to take credit for everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jericho definitely. But I will say that was just such a um, – what I like about it is the history there. Jericho has so much history. He's done so much. Eddie Kingston, you can just tell, is a kick-ass wrestler. Bra- like, it, they're just going to have a good match. So um, I'm excited for this one. But we're going to take a short break. Stay with us when we come back. We're going to be talking about the qualifier for the face of the Revolution ladder match, the TBS championship on the line, Jay Cargill against the Bunny, and Brian Danielson taking on Daniel Garcia in the main event with some implications for Revolution after the match. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Here we go. Welcome back. Yes, definitely check out cheek out i sound like i'm freaking from like the south or something or like uh <laughs> i don't know i'm, I'm totally like fucking up today but at least it's the uncensored pro wrestling podcast so i mean what else do you expect uh yeah so check us out on anchor and make your own podcast on anchor.fm it's free and it's also a tool that you can use to distribute edit and do anything you want to have your podcast out there if you want to be like the uncensored pro wrestling podcast Check out Anchor.fm. Also, check us out streaming wherever podcasts are available, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and much more. Make sure you give us a five-star rating to show that you care. Also, we are on YouTube. Check out the Uncensored Pro Wrestling Podcast. Give us a like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell to stay notified when new content is created. Leave a comment. Let us know what your thoughts are on this week's AEW Dynamite episode, or check out the archives and see what's in it for you. A lot of good stuff coming your way.
1: But Since we're plugging stuff real quick, uh, I can attest to the whole Anchor thing. I've been using that for my podcast as well. Uh, yep. feel free to check me out at Heel to face podcast on spotify yeah. and i will eventually be trying to get that up on youtube as well
0: yes 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 Heel to face check that out too a hundred percent yeah anger is so easy to use and that's just what i i go oh, it's, it's it's really great it's awesome a hundred percent well speaking of awesome uh there is I, when i'm reading in like sort of like i have a little like sort of cheat thing here and it says that after um that segment there was a uh backstage segment which i did see but they didn't show these to us until after dynamite went off the ear so what was
1: the backstage
0: segment it was um a <laughs> h A-H- a h f o and they're talking uh, to andrade and they basically say oh um, that, yeah yeah, that they said that they wanted to fight Sting, Sammy Guevara, and Darby Allen in a tornado trios match at Revolution. Yeah. But something to remember, after the fans, some of the fans were leaving, like including me, I left, but I waited to leave a little bit. When that was being shown, it was hard to hear what was really going on because people mm-hmm. were leaving. So when I just read in in there that that popped up, I was like, wow. I thought that that was just a way to get us fans to get into Rampage because they showed it right before Rampage. So I was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But, all right. So next we have the qualifier for the Face of the Revolution ladder match. Absolute Ricky Starks, Starks, the FTW champion. He comes down with Hobbs, and he is taking on, isn't it, Dark Order's – uh, ten Preston Vance. Yep. Um. And basically, uh, to be honest, a lot of people weren't really into this one. I don't know. I wasn't either. I don't know why. I just felt bad though, because like it, the crowd was dead, and it's it's nothing against Ricky Starks. I think he has a like a likeability. I just feel like Dark Order. I like them, but it's getting kind of stale now. Like, what is their purpose? <laughs> you know, like why are they? Like, what is their Goal, like I right, it.
1: and like my yeah. whole thing was right. I thought I thought they were putting all big men in this ladder match, you know, because they got Wardlow, Keith Lee, Powerhouse Hobbs, yeah, and uh, I was figuring, you know, Ten's gotta get involved in this, right? No.
0: Nope. Yep. Yep. So uh, what?
1: So what's the point of it?
0: <laughs> exactly. I think there's no. It's weird, but Ricky Stark's ended up getting the win after. Um, a spear after he bounced off the ropes with a spear and um, you know it was it wasn't great but it wasn't terrible my question for you is do you think Starks can win it all during the face of the revolution ladder match or do you think he's just an extra person in the match
1: I think he's just an extra person in the match I don't think Ricky Starks really has anything going for him right now I think FCW world title on him is feeling kind
0: of bland too yeah there's not really anyone to challenge for it. And, uh, um, I don't anyway. know. And, like, speaking but, of
1: Team Taz and FTW, like, Brian Cage just re signed a new contract. Where the
0: hell has he been? Maybe he'll surprise everyone and show up and, like, fuck over Ricky Starks. That'd be cool. Cause he would have been a great person to add to that, to that ladder match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, here's another segment that happened right before Rampage. We see um, Red Dragons celebrating their win, um, and the Young Bucks come up and they yell at them. And basically, they're more motivated to kicking Fish and O'Reilly's ass next week when they enter the Casino Tag Team Battle Royal. Adam Cole comes up, and he basically yells out the teams, team saying, we have to get along. I have a lot on my plate for the, I'm, you know, I'm fighting for the AW title. We need to get on the same page. And that was that. Next, we have the TBS championship on the line. The TBS champion, Jay Cargill, taking on the bunny. The bunny didn't get an entrance either. Um, <laughs> just walked into the ring, and she had on her little bunny uh, hat mask thing, and that was it. There was no – she just walked into the ring, you're like, oh, okay, Well, so we're supposed to care. <laughs> so uh, it was a decent match. A lot of the fans, again, weren't really – Um, into it but I will tell you fucking the bunny put up a hell of a fight like she she wasn't just you know going down easily however uh, Matt Hardy and um, Mark Sterling were arguing Uh, the bunny goes to hit Jade with the brass was it the The brass Brass knuckles yeah and then Jade used the title to block it and then uh, Cargill ends up Nailing, jaded—that's what it's called. The jaded bomb or something. Yeah, like,
1: Bunny went for. Uh, she
0: rolled up Jade Cargill for a two count, and then
1: hit a really nice looking super kick that actually I got the. I yep. Sounded like on TV, got the crowd kind of excited. That super kick sounded really yeah, good. It was
0: a lot. It was it, it was good because like I said, she wasn't just like it, she. It wasn't just okay. TBS title match. Like it seemed like the bunny wanted to put on a good match. Yeah, and 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 then eventually
1: money went for the down the rabbit hole, and Cargill countered with the
0: Jaded for the win. Yeah, a weird name. Uh, so after the match, <laughs> Jade gets on the mic and she brags about her undefeated streak, and she said her undefeated streak, and she's like, "Who's, she's like, who's next for me to beat? Better yet, who's left?" And that's when Tay Conti comes out, and I was surprised to see her because I'm kind of like, "Yeah, she really stands a chance." Um, yeah,
1: come on! Can we get rid of these nothing challengers for her?
0: Yeah, uh, Jade said, or not? Tay says, "I'm not just next. I'm the one who's gonna beat your ass, bitch." And then Jade runs. Yeah, of
1: course, back. she drops the bitch line.
0: Yeah, and then Bunny attempts to attack, but she gets taken out by Tay, KO by Conti, and then Jade nails a pump kick and grabs the TBS title. And then Anna Jay runs out and. uh, it seems like she wants a piece of Jade, too. So, my question is, um, out of Tay Conti or Anna Jay, who do you think deserves a title shot more against Jade Cargill?
1: Neither, because Jade Cargill already beat Anna Jay once. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs>
1: so, I thought that was kind of pointless why she came out. I mean, I know that her and, like, Tay Conti are friends, but it's kind of pointless that she came out. Because even when, like, she left, Jade looked at the camera and, like, Pointed to Anna Jane and said, "I already beat her. Why is she out here?"
0: <laughs> oh, so yeah, we didn't see that. We just saw. So yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And I don't know. Ty Conti has pretty sure she's had a t- shot at this title before, if I'm not mistaken, or she was in the tournament for it and she lost then. Yeah, she hasn't had a match on TV in weeks. Why do I think she could beat Jade Cargo? Yeah, so home wrecker.
0: You know. She's a straight up home wrecker. <laughs> yeah, seriously. How about oh, that? Yeah. I love that. Um. Okay, all right. So moving on, we're at our main event. Brian Danielson taking on Daniel Garcia. I went hard. Good match. Good yeah, match. they had a really good match. Um, and Daniel Garcia, a lot of people were like, who's he? And and um, I sort of just saw him when he was working with 2.0 on like their YouTube channel, so I know a little bit of him. But they had a really mm-hmm. good match. I mean, Brian Danielson was like fucking him up, and fans are chanting, "Kick his head off!" Like they are, like you know, getting into it. Um, yeah. And it was a great, great match. Uh, Danielson ends up stomping Garcia's head and then he applies a triangle choke and the referee stops the match. So I don't think Garcia tapped out or anything. Uh, Then Brian, after the match, Brian says that Garcia showed exactly what he liked to see. He asked the crowd if Garcia was violent enough, but then he gets attacked by what? Who? Oh, I was like, who the fuck? I'm so twisted. I thought I saw a Z. It's 2.0. Matt Lee yes. and Jeff Parker of 2.0 attack him. They beat down Dan- Brian Danielson until so John Moxley runs down, which I was excited mm-hmm. because he
1: decided to take the long way to help.
0: Yes, and also what was cool was he was right over where we were. I'll send you videos um, that I have, but he was pretty much like where we were. Um, yeah. So I lost Michael. We all were like freaking out. He takes out 2.0. Um, and then he ends up nailing um, what the heck, Daniel Garcia with a red uh, death? Or wait, what? Wait, what the hell? What's red death? Red is death that,
1: is, is Garcia's nickname.
0: Oh, I'm like, who the fuck is red? So
1: what happened was that, like you said, 2.0 attack. Daniel said Moxie made the save. Uh, eventually. They just chased them off. They just kind of left. Garcia tried using the steel chair, but Daniel can stop them and then uh, hit, hit him with a paradigm shift. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. So then, uh, like you said, yeah, after the match, made a nice challenge, man. I'm hyped for this match.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. After the match, Brian takes the mic and he says, um, so in order for us to fight together, we need to bleed together. And then... Brian throws down a chair, and he says, I don't need that to make anyone bleed. He accepts John Moxley's challenge, and he says that don't be surprised if Mox is the only one who ends up bleeding.
1: Yes. What are your
0: thoughts on the match, and do you think John will be the only one who bleeds? I
1: really like this match. I thought the mat wrestling in the beginning was fantastic. There was a spot here where uh, Garcia was trying to get Danielson into a tiger suplex but excuse me Danielson even reversed it and then got him into the got him into the tiger suplex and then right into the cattle mutilation which I thought that was amazing so smooth and then the way they were transitioning on the mat was great and then just the kicks by Danielson and then the bicep pose looked great I think uh, Moxley is I think this match is going to be even more violent than they promised this one was going to be Mm-hmm. Moxley and Danielson—they're both gonna beat the hell out of each other. Because I know no way Moxley's gonna be the only one bleeding. Because <laughs> I feel like this is gonna—we're gonna get some weapons in this match for some reason. Yeah. I yeah. don't know why. Because AEW is a little lax on the rules with this stuff sometimes, especially with Moxley matches. So yeah. I, I think on, at any time Danielson's in the ring, he gets beat up. He's got a red chest. He puts his all into there. So. I'm really excited for this match. I think it's going to be
0: brutal, violent. I'm super excited for it. Dude, I'm excited, too. This is a great way to end Dynamite. We're pumped for Revolution, which is coming out March 6th. We have Rampage that we're going to drop soon, so be on the lookout for that. And, yeah, it was a great show, a great lead-up to Revolution. Two more weeks, I think, right? Or is it? Is it this? Uh, we got the go-home dynamite this week coming up. And then so. it's this Sunday. Well, not this yep. Sunday, but next Sunday. Okay, great. A lot of stuff coming your way. All right. That is all I have to say for this episode. It was a great show. It was a great experience being in the arena for it. Any last words?
1: No, I think the show was all right. I, th- I would give it probably an overall, like a B minus, C plus probably. It was a yeah. pretty good show. You know, they had some good stuff to build to revolution. I think uh, I think they could have done more with Paige and Cole, but that's my only kind of gripe because that's, that's going to be the main event match, I assume. So I feel like that yeah. could feel a little bit more important. But overall, it was a pretty good show. Maybe next week.
0: Maybe right. yeah we got they got one show left to make it feel important so one more left all right guys you stay safe and we will be speaking to y'all soon bye